On today's pod, we have Steph interviewing Tristan. Tristan is now entering the master's program at Ryerson in molecular science and is part of Brian Quivisto's research group. He gives excellent advice on important skills to have and shares his journey throughout undergrad. So please lean in and join this conversation with Tristan. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the pod. Today, we have Tristan on the podcast, and he has been a part of the Brian Coivisto group since last year, and he is now entering his master's with BK this year. Welcome onto the podcast, Tristan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your role at Ryerson? So I've been recently been accepted into the molecular science program at Ryerson, so I'm entering my first year. Right now, I'm writing a review with other members of Brian's group about astral teams, and we've been just working on it throughout the summer. We've been reading a lot of articles and just writing different about other, other people's projects regarding astral teams. Okay, interesting. And how are you finding the transition to online? I actually enjoy it. I don't mind staying home all day <laughs> and in my room. Like, I don't mind that, so there hasn't been any problems with that. That's good. And you don't miss like doing the lab work or anything? Oh, I miss that because I do want to get work done and start seeing some results or like start trying some experiments that I've been reading about. Yeah. So I want to start trying to do that. But other than that, I'm not like eager to step outside a lot of times. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. It takes away a lot of the stress just to be able to do it from home. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how you got here? So where's your hometown and where did you grow up? So I was originally born in Mississauga. I've lived there since, since I was like 15 years old. Then I moved to Brampton and it's where I currently live. And then now I attend Ryerson. I attended my undergraduate at Ryerson. Now I'm doing my master's at Ryerson. So basically you've lived in the GTA like your whole life. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. And so you commute to Ryerson then? Yeah. And how do you find that? hard when it, when it comes to like an 8 a.m. lecture it's hard to wake up yeah. like try to push yourself to to get ready pack up all your stuff and then and then get on the train to head downtown yeah yeah I agree with that it's tough too because now when you're at home you can just pull out your laptop and you're at work you know <laughs> yeah and then you don't have to get ready or anything no one has to see you, you don't have to worry about that yeah, it's been a lot nicer. So you said you did your undergrad at Ryerson as well. What were you studying? Was it also molecular biology? Chemistry. Oh, okay, cool. How did you find your undergrad at Ryerson? Were you a good student? My first two years was pretty difficult. The transition from high school to university, I used to do stuff last minute in high school. Mm-hmm. And I had a high school teacher that warned me that you have to learn how to manage <laughs> your time. And I never took that seriously. I said, it's okay. I've done this throughout high school. I think I can manage it in university. I was so wrong. I had to try to develop good study habits, yeah. do stuff not last minute, do stuff maybe weeks before, manage my time, and do everything efficiently. And that's, I had trouble doing that for my first two years. Then my final two years, I started getting the hang of it, and my grades started improving. That's good. And... Um... Did you always want to be studying this when you were younger or did you have like, you know, as a child, we all have these dreams to be these certain careers. Did you yeah. have one of those? When I was a kid, I wanted to become a basketball player, <laughs> but growing up, I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't as athletic. <laughs> so I knew that wouldn't be a choice once I was entering my final years of high school. Yeah. 
I first wanted to be an engineer. Okay. Because my godfather was one, but then I realized I hated calculus. And I knew <laughs> that's a big part of when it comes to engineering. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, no. So I had chemistry as a backup, and then I enjoyed chemistry ever since. Yeah, interesting. So did you just apply to Ryerson, or did you apply to other schools? Like, what made you choose Ryerson? I, I didn't want to go away. I didn't want to live away from home, because I wouldn't be. It's, okay. it's kind of expensive. So I yeah. applied locally. At first, okay. it was engineering, but then a lot of them uh, rejected me because my grades in calculus uh, weren't good. But uh, okay. I had a backup of chemistry from Ryerson. And U of T offered me an alternate offer into the chemistry program as well. So I had those two. And I decided mm-hmm. that I want to go to Ryerson because it's downtown. Never really experienced downtown while at U of T. It was on the UTM campus. So okay. I would be in Mississauga. And I've already lived there at that time for, mm-hmm. half, for more than half of my life. So I want to experience something new. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I like being downtown as well. It's nice because Ryerson's like literally in the heart of the city. I don't know if I would say it's in the nice part of the city, but it's definitely in the heart of the city. Yeah, it's a new experience. Every day is something new when you're <laughs> oh, walking downtown. Sure. Oh, for sure. My exposure within the first week of traveling to Ryerson was quite intense. <laughs> I saw lots yeah. of new things. Especially and, on the subway. I'm not as to it. Oh yeah, it's definitely taught me that you can't commute without headphones. That's one thing that I learned the first few days. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an essential part of like commuting. Oh yeah, I, I learned that the hard way when I had people coming up into my face screaming at me. So. <laughs> yeah, once you have those headphones in, everyone just like doesn't want to bother you. I know, yeah, that's why it's like you try to avoid wearing it because you're like, no, I don't need to be like everybody else. I can just enjoy the, the sound of the, the train and the people and the chatter, but nope, you got to listen to some music or podcasts. You got to tune that out. <laughs> so currently, what, what does your role at Ryerson look like? Like you said that you're working from home, you're writing a paper. How's that going? And who are you working with? Right now, I'm with Maria, Anya, and Kayla. So we've been looking at different papers. We've been, uh, we have like a Google Drive with a bunch of actual team papers that we've been looking at. We've been communicating about different sections. We've been communicating with Brian, getting him to help edit our writing. So right now that's all, that's all I've been doing basically is just been writing this summer. Yeah, it's kind of tough. It's a weird pivot because normally you would have a little bit of both, but right now it's just like pure writing and I'm finding myself that it's very hard to stay focused and to just continue with writing all day. So that's why I'm doing this podcast because it's a nice little break from my writing. But do you have anything on the side that allows you to have that break as well? No. So <laughs> I've just been, well, like I also have like an application to my tax. I have to start writing. Oh, right. Another okay. thing, basically it's just been writing, but I've been trying to read a bit more just to take my mind away from writing because like mm-hmm. I'm, I know I'm not a great writer. So oh, that's yeah. something I kind of dread a bit. Yeah, I can relate to that. I'm, I'm Writing has never been my strong suit. And even for myself as a nutrition student, the way that I write versus the way that chemistry writes is very different. And so I've had to have Brian say, take out all these fancy words. It's supposed to be more exact. So I'm still learning the, the ropes of how to write scientifically. <laughs> yeah, and I've been reading for four years. I still don't, still haven't gotten the hang of it. Yeah, the reading definitely is a lot nicer, but Sometimes some of those papers are so hard to dissect. They're so like dense, at least for myself. I don't know for you, but sometimes it takes me like an hour to read one paper. (laughs) Yeah. Some of like those, something that's not, I'm not familiar with. I have to like retake my time and try to dissect different terminologies that I've never heard of before and find out what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. 
And so I know a little bit about what you're researching. You did say that you're researching Asheville teens. Did you want to explain that a bit? Because I think that the future implications of it are quite amazing. And I'm sure listeners would like to hear about that. So right now, um, you want to use Asheville teens because Asheville teens create problems in the oil industry. So they tend to aggregate and absorb onto the surfaces and that causes blockages in pipelines. So it creates problems for oil, for oil companies when they're transporting oils. So there's not much value in them. So we want to, we want to raise their value by trying to convert them into carbon fibers. So with these carbon fibers, we want to convert ex existing surfaces into conductive substrates, such as windows, because they're not conductive. And we want to turn these windows into potentially a Dyson-sized solar cells, which is, what, which is what we work on in Brian's lab. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so I thought it was really cool because when I heard about your research, it's just, it's kind of like you guys are trying to find alternative sources for these waste products in the fossil fuel industry, which I think is so amazing and just repurposing things that would otherwise go to waste. Yeah, definitely. So what do you like the most about, I guess, your job at Ryerson? When Brian introduced me to this project, it was really new to me. I, d I never knew what asphalt teams was. It sounded like it related to asphalt. So once Brian told me about it, and what we want to do, I started getting really interested and they started giving me all these papers to read. And then I've just been like reading a bunch of them and I've been enjoying like learning more about it and what people, what people have been potentially trying to do with them. Yeah, for sure. And I think I might know your answer to this, but what do you like least about your job? <laughs> the writing. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. So what is it about the writing that you don't like? Do you know exactly or is it just in general, you just don't like writing? Uh, I just, in general, I just don't like writing, but like, when I tend to edit my writing too, I start reading it. I'm like, what was I thinking that it doesn't even sound proper? It doesn't sound professional. Like it sounds like a fifth grader wrote this. Oh my gosh. Maybe you're just too hard on yourself. Um, what inspires you the most about your job? The potential to uh, grow and learn. All, all throughout my life, I've been told to like push yourself, push yourself. And I feel like I haven't done that to the fullest extent. So doing something like mm -hmm. this, like, like doing your own research, is a chance to push me like, out of my comfort zone and push myself further. That's interesting. That's great. So we've been asking everybody on the podcast this question, and I would like to get your opinion on this. But what do you think is the most imp important transferable skill that every student should have and why? Oh, it's definitely confidence. Because mm. for me, like, I never really had a lot of confidence, especially in myself. Yeah. So that kind of made it hard for me to like communicate a lot of times. So I feel like if I have the confidence, I could communicate my project, my results a lot better because I feel confident in it. If I don't, it's hard for me to like talk and communicate and I come off as really shy, I guess, and quiet. Mm -hmm. if I don't have that confidence. Yeah, for sure. Especially in research too, because you have to disseminate those findings, right? So if you can't communicate your research to people, in I guess a good manner then it, it's almost redundant to even have the research right yeah and then when you're not confident people might like brush it off when you're like yeah. trying to communicate it without the confidence yeah for sure that's interesting that you said that because lots of people said communication but confidence is like I guess a fundamental of communication you know like if you don't have that then you can't it's not always easy to communicate yeah I've struggled with, even in high school, like when people, teachers ask questions, I would never raise my hand because mm -hmm. I wasn't confident in my answer. So I wouldn't like, communicate something like that. So how did you build up that confidence? Or like, do you have any tips for somebody that say ha felt the same way as you and wants to improve their confidence? 
I guess, presentations. So going to my third year, some of my courses required me to present. And at that point, I knew I had to like step out of my comfort zone. And then doing a thesis, I knew I would have to be presenting constantly, whether it be at group meetings, presenting my research, or even courses. A lot of courses want you to present. So just doing something like that really pushed me forward and pushed me into something that I never thought I would actually do when, um, when I first started university. Yeah, so I guess it's like, I think you said that that's what inspires you is to like push yourself, right? So I guess you already have done that in that sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you said, <laughs> I'm going to ask you this question too, because lots of students are curious about doing a thesis. And you said that you've done a thesis, but you've also said you hated writing. So how did that experience go for you? Well, I, I worked with Rita and Rita was like another graduate student in Brian's group. And she really helped me a lot like just communicating with her, seeing how she writes, seeing how she like presents herself, seeing how she organizes herself, just reading her writing, uh, reading her edits when she edits my work kind of like helped me a lot mm-hmm. when it comes to writing. And also when, doing a th- when I thought about doing a thesis, I knew I have to write. So I knew this is something that I could potentially work on. So that would mm-hmm. probably help me later on like in my life, in my career, and possibly another like transferable skill that I, that I could learn. Wow, great. Yeah, it's just funny, too, because like you said, that that's something one of your weaknesses. And I think that's great that that's something that you've pursued, right? Like not everybody maybe has the confidence to pursue that. Like most people, they would avoid their weakness. I don't like writing. I'm not going to do it, right? That's so cool that you pushed yourself to do that. That's great. Okay. And now I think we're going to move on into the rapid fire section. So these questions are a bit shorter. You can answer them with one word or one sentence. And yeah, they're kind of, some of them are a bit weird, so it's okay if you don't have an answer for them. What factoid do my colleagues know least about me? I'm afraid of bugs, especially spiders. Like, I don't like anything to do with them. You show me a picture of a bug, I would step, I would take a step back so that I'm not too close to the picture. That's how scared I am. Especially spiders. If you ask me to kill a spider, I'm the last person you should ask because I'll probably attempt to kill it. But if I don't, I'll probably run away. So let's say that there's a spider in your room right now. Are you going to kill it? Or are you going to get someone else to kill it for you? I'll probably get someone else. And if they don't, like, I'll probably get my brother and my dad. If they don't, they'll tell me to do it. I'll probably grab, like, a broom that's, like, long <laughs> enough where, like, I'm social distanced away from, from, the, from the spider and possibly try to kill it like that. Interesting. That's funny. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it for a person that's afraid of bugs. But, okay, next question. What famous person, current or otherwise, would you most like to go for dinner with and why? Probably Vince Carter. He's my favorite basketball player. Yeah. Um, he's someone that I grew up watching a lot, even though his time in Toronto with the team was kind of soured, but mm-hmm. he's someone that I want to get to know. Like, was, was it like coming into a city where basketball wasn't known as a sport, blowing up here and like introducing a lot of young kids to, like, to the sport? Yeah, interesting. That would, be a, that would be a good conversation. What is your favorite food? Probably burgers. <laughs> what type of burger? Uh, anything. Anything. Like, you don't discriminate. Yeah, like I'll add different things to it. Wow. I'll pro- like I've experimented with adding kimchi to my burger. Ooh, cool. I wonder how that tastes. Okay, I'm interested to find out now what's your favorite beverage? Probably water. <laughs> H2O. Yeah, it's something I just drink every day. Plain and classic. Yeah, or like a close second would probably be beer. Like, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> I should know this. I should know this. I was going to say, 
come on, I should know that you like beer. You're always sipping on them in the lab. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Midday, I'll see you there in the lab. You're sipping on a beer. So I'm surprised you didn't say that first, but I guess, you know, water, you kind of need it. So, (laughs) okay. Complete this sentence. If I was not a student, I would like to be a basketball player. <laughs> Prefer these maybe six foot, six feet or above. Also. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this question then. If you were a basketball player, which team would you like to play for? Oh, definitely Toronto Raptors. Yeah, okay, good, good. Not everybody's so loyal as you, you know? I know I have friends that are fans of the Lakers, Boston. <laughs> I'm like, you guys grew up here. What happened? I know. That could be you on that that big bus that they drove down. You could have that big party that they had last year. Oh, yeah. Toronto fans are diehard fans, so that would be really amazing. Okay, name something that's in the top 10 of your bucket list. Oh, bungee jumping. Bungee jumping. Where would you like to go bungee jumping? Anywhere that's off a bridge. Off a bridge. I don't know. I see those videos where, like, at the bottom is, like, a body of water. I'm like, oh, that looks fun. Mm -hmm. I like... I like roller coasters. I like the adrenaline. I like the, the thrill of it. So why not pick it up a notch? I actually do bungee jumping. Kind of like a roller coaster, but not really. Yeah, this time, like, you don't have those kind of restraints. It's only on your legs. <laughs> Just a string, you, and the ground. Yeah. Are you a risk taker? Is that why? <laughs> no. Well, kind of. It's like, I like roller coasters, but then if it comes to, like, a Ferris wheel, I would never get on a Ferris wheel. But you don't like spinny rides? I just don't like staying on top for too long. So that's why the bungee jump would work, because you jump off of on top. Yeah, and then you would just straight down, compared to like a Ferris wheel, where like sometimes when you're taking off passengers, you would stay up top, and that's when I start getting my anxiety. I'm like, am I going to fall off or something? What's happening? Okay, so are you afraid of heights then? Kind of, yeah. So you're afraid of heights, but you want to go bungee jumping. Yeah. I don't know. That's like completely counterintuitive because you're literally, I guess, living your fear then falling off of a tall, I mean, you're secured, but still, that's really funny. I wouldn't, like, if you're afraid of heights, I would never see someone go bungee jumping. Yeah. Like, when it comes to roller coasters, like, like I'm always happy to go on one. Like, I'm never afraid to. Like, mm-hmm. I've been on, like, the tallest roller coaster before. I was never afraid to. It's just the thrill. But then once it comes to, like, like let's say I'm on top of a tall building, or, like, I'm looking down, I'm like, oh, I start getting, like, anxiety. I'm like, no, I can't do this. Really? That's so funny. And so if you like roller coasters a lot, then what's your favorite, I guess, amusement park? Probably uh, Cedar Point in o- Ohio. Oh, they yeah. have a lot of cool rides there. Yeah, I heard that one's really good. I- I've never been there, but they have the tallest ride. Which place has the tallest ride? Oh, New Jersey and New Jersey Six Flags. I've been there, too. So do you just travel around going to amusement parks then? Yeah, like me and my family and family friends, we, we do it sometimes. So like every oh, Sunday we would go to like a city that has like, a, like an like amusement park, such as Six Flags, and then we would just try to go on like all the rides there. Oh, cool. That's so cool. I I'm so boring. I just go to Canada's Wonderland every year and I'm like, why is this so boring? It's like I'm going every single year. Maybe I should try out Six Flags or something. Yeah, and, then the, and the lines are a lot shorter, I noticed. Oh, really? Probably because Canada, there's only one, really. Yeah, and everyone in the GTA wants to go to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so who was or is your favorite role model? I don't have a particular role model. I have, like, 
I feel like a lot of people in my life, like family and friends, are people that kind of influenced me a lot, tried to, like, mm-hmm. that helped push me forward, giving me advice, trying to teach me like their past mistakes so that I wouldn't do the same thing as well. So mm-hmm. it's not like one particular model, it's just like a collective of people that have like an influence in my life. Yeah, lots of people have said that as well, that it's not just one person. And so what was your greatest achievement? Probably completing my undergrad thesis. So once yeah. I first came into Ryerson, like my first year, when I saw like in your fourth year you could do a thesis, I was like, I'm never going to do that. Like, why would I even do that? Like, <laughs> I don't like presenting. I don't like writing. So why would I ever step foot into something like that? Once mm-hmm. I got into my third year, I'm like, this sounds interesting. I, this could possibly help me a lot, maybe help develop skills, help for career opportunities. And then now I look back, I'm like, what just happened? I never expected me to do something like this. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Once again, stepping out of your comfort zone. That's how you learn the most, right? So yeah. And what was your greatest failure? Probably not taking my high school teacher's advice about high management and taking it seriously. So I look back on that every single time, like I'm doing something last yeah. minute, that same phrase and like his face, his expression comes up in my head. That I'm like, I should have done this before. Should have done this days prior. Always comes up in my head. So like, try to do things prior so that like, I don't have that voice in my head all, all yeah. the time. You have like a nightmare before your assignment's due and you just have that teacher in your face and you're like sweating and you wake up. Oh my gosh, did I finish the assignment? <laughs> yeah, I've done that a couple of times where I woke up. Like, really? I checked my laptop. I'm like, did I do it? Did I hand it in? <laughs> okay, good. It's handed in. That's so funny. That's horrible. But I guess it's a good reminder. But also I feel that in high school teachers, they always try to scare you. And for me, I was just like, meh. And I got to like got to university and yeah, it was tough. But I'm like, they tried to scare you like way too much. I just remember I was annoyed by it. I, I had some teachers that like did that or like, oh, you know, you have to like take it seriously and stuff or you, yeah. you'll end up doing nothing. But like this teacher was like, he's my chemistry high school teacher. So he said, like, don't make the mistake, same mistake I did by not taking it seriously, by not organizing my time first year and, like, not creating st- good study habits. Mm-hmm. So it was actually your chemistry teacher that, I guess, gave you that advice. I don't want to say yelled at you, but the one that gave you that advice. Yeah, he gave our whole class that advice because he had us, I think a student came in from yeah. the university and, like, she told, she told us their experience and then he said see I told you guys you guys have to take it seriously and love and then I still didn't take it seriously even though he had a good example right in front of me yeah that's funny though because that's your chemistry teacher and then you went into chemistry so it's kind of a parallel there (laughs) and what are you most grateful for oh uh, my family friends people that I've met throughout my life whether it be like basketball coaches teachers mentors co-workers anyone like that just just helping me push me forward yeah. a lot of times yeah for sure and so you seem like you were really into basketball did you play competitively or in high school yeah so I played I started playing grade three house league and then I started playing like rep and going traveling to the U.S. around high school okay interesting that's so cool and then did you carry that on through high school and then when you got to university did you drop it or how did that work once I entered my final year of high school I realized that like I can't make a career out of it compared to my other teammates a lot of them were getting like offers from like universities either from all over Canada or maybe some from like the United States so I knew that like I wasn't getting the same 
I, I wasn't gonna be like them. So I had to find like another path for me that could possibly find something that I would be interested in. Cause I know I don't have the same abilities of them, maybe the same genetics, like, cause a lot of them were tall. I was the shortest. Every time I step on the court, I'm, I'm short. So yeah, I have to like I... figure out what I wanted to do without basketball in my life. Yeah, that sucks. But I can also relate to that too, because I used to play volleyball competitively and I'm only five, six and a half. Oh, and, and they're really tall. Yeah, and the girls there, I remember for most university scholarships, they don't consider you unless you're like over five foot eight. So I'm like, hmm, is yeah. this the right choice for me? <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, my coach was like, he's telling you, you should come back for a fifth year, you know, like just to help you develop them. I'm like, no, you know, one more year, I don't know if that's gonna make a big difference for me. Yeah. Look at like my teammates are like six, seven, six, yeah. eight. Yeah, like, that's so tall. And then the other team's shortest pair is like six, three. <laughs> I know it's tough with those, I guess, height related sports, but. You can be a really good player, but if your vertical is not super high and you're not tall, like, I don't know yeah. what, really, there's yeah. not really much you can pursue. Yeah, there's, like, limitations to it. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of, it's very frustrating. <laughs> and this one might be a little bit more deep, but what concerns you the most? I guess finding a career that I would be happy with, that would make me happy. Um, and because, like, I don't want to wake up every day of my life dreading going to work or having a career that like I don't enjoy like that's something that I never would want to happen in my life I want something that I'm happy to wake up where I could just easily get out of bed travel to like my job and then get work done and then be pleased with it yeah and so do you have an ideal job in mind or is it just kind of go with the flow at this point do you know what you want to do once you graduate no, not, I don't have a specific area I want to go into yet. Yeah. I do enjoy working with materials, so some, maybe something around, around that field, like working around materials or probably maybe solar energies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was a bit hesitant to ask you that because I know that question is such a tough question to ask people. So what do you want to do? But I think it's actually really good that you don't have that set mind, that set job in mind, because it allows you to be more open and just kind of more flexible as to like right now what you're studying and what you're researching you can kind of see what you like and go in that direction instead of saying like okay this is what I want to be that's all I'm going to focus on you know yeah and that's what I did in high school like my final year like I was concentrating on like being an engineer and then I realized I don't like it like what am I doing like just scrap that yeah, that's why it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool because then you can actually like enjoy the process and the journey. I mean, there's always that anxiety in your head that's like, okay, I need to figure this out. But honestly, you've just got to trust yourself. Like you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and like it's good to have people around you too to like help you, I guess, carve that path too. Oh yeah, for sure. So what spot in the world do you most like traveling to? I don't really have a particular spot. I don't really travel outside like North America that often. Okay. Do you have, I, I guess I asked you your favorite amusement park already, so we'll just go with that then. <laughs> and what is your most productive time of day? Probably around like the afternoon, around like one o'clock, 12 o'clock. Because mm -hmm. I don't know, like when I wake up early, it's like I try, re try reading, try typing. It's like my eyes are still kind of shut. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it's like, oh, uh, okay. Like, I'll, I'll force myself, but then once I start getting the flow around, like, 12 or 1, I could just, I could just keep going. 
yeah for sure and then you look at your clock you're like okay i've got like maybe three more hours for today i can do this <laughs> yeah it's like okay i push myself throw, throw my phone across the room um, <laughs> yeah. distractions yeah for sure i can agree with that i'm not a morning person so i force myself to get up but i can't do anything in the morning <laughs> yeah it's so hard okay i think i might know the answer to this one but what is your favorite hobby basketball oh i knew it <laughs> and so do you still get to play often like do you guys have a basketball court near your house or do you have a, a net outside i haven't played really since maybe like the winter break okay so a lot of like a lot of it's done with like because of covid so like yeah. can't, can't really do anything with that also like my thesis i was concentrating on finishing that up right did you play like intramurals at ryerson or drop in I did drop-ins a bit, yeah. but then I realized I had to study, I had to get better study habits <laughs> before I could start doing that. Yeah. It's so good, though, to have as, like, a stress reliever, for sure. Oh, yeah, it's, like, just, like, running around, just shooting balls, like, all your, you just forget about everything. Oh, yeah, it's so nice, and because you get to, like, smack the ball on the ground, and, you know, it's kind of a bit aggressive, you get to get rid of some anger. At least for me, that's how I feel when I play sports. Yeah. I'm always playing sports with like volleyball, you like hit it, and then soccer, you kick it. That's the sports I always played. And I'm like, geez, I feel so angry lately. Maybe it's because I haven't been able to hit or kick anything in a while. You just release all your anger like on that particular ball. And if someone's on the receiving end, it's like, I'm so sorry that you're in the way. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can relate to that. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a good outlet. <laughs> and now I'm just going to ask you some questions about COVID and just how you're coping, just to let other people get some insight while they're listening so what well I guess I'll ask you this question before we move into the COVID but what piece of advice would you give your second yourself I guess push yourself out of your comfort zone I didn't start doing that till probably my fourth year end of third year so if, if I probably did that maybe second year I could probably find some like opportunities such as like other research opportunities that mm -hmm. I would probably never done mm -hmm. for sure Okay, so COVID section. Uh, what is your biggest challenge with COVID? My sleep schedule. Mm. I tend to, so recently I've been like sleeping late, maybe like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Just on my phone, it's bad. Like we just watching Netflix or on Reddit. And then it's like, mm -hmm. I realize it's three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock. All right, what time do I have to wake up? It's like, I have to do some work. Yeah. And once I started going to like school, I know that like my sleeping schedule is going to be really messed up. It's going to be hard to adjust. Yeah, it's tough though because it's, I mean, yeah, you still have like work to do and stuff, but it's not like you have to go anywhere. So it's like, there's really no motivation to get up early or to wake up at a particular time. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. is some, but it's not like, it's like a set. Okay. I have class at 9am. I have to wake up at this time. You know like, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like, I'm not really concerned. It's like, I know I could just wake up like whatever time and then get work done because I don't have to leave the house or anything mm -hmm. at the same time I don't want to like create that habit but at the same time I still am like like I'm trying <laughs> to force myself out of it but it's like hard yeah for sure so have you like established a routine or anything no I still sleep at like two o'clock <laughs> three o'clock in the morning uh, yesterday I okay. slept at three o'clock in the morning oh that's great okay well maybe I'll ask you this next what are your strategies for coping uh, I probably should turn off my phone. <laughs> That's number one. Yeah. And probably that would probably help a lot. But I don't tend to do it because once I'm reading something or I'm watching something, I tend to like, oh, what's, what's the next thing? 
especially mm-hmm. like when I'm watching a TV show, I'm like, oh, the episode just ended. Wait, I want to know what happens in the next yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. It's always that, the cliffhanger. But is that, that's what they call it, no? Like, yeah. It's like they leave it off of like your, and your mouth wide open. It's like you're thirsty or that you're thirsty or hungry for more. <laughs> that's such a funny analogy. Yeah. So just, just with that, do you have any other coping tips for other people that like, how are you just finding, I guess, society at this point? Well, I don't, I haven't gone out. Yeah. I guess if you're bored, find, find a, find a hobby that like you probably would never do. So like, I know like my sisters started like baking and cooking, like she's never done that before. So that's something like she's been doing. My brother has been, I guess, exercising a lot more. Mm -hmm. my parents have been like finding stuff to do around the house redoing the house and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah I think they were saying like the sales at the home hardware stores and stuff are going through the roof and everything's out of stock they're buying the whole store they were just there yesterday they were there like last (laughs) week they always come home I'm like oh what are we doing now my mom's (laughs) like you want to do the backyard I'm like oh no that's not meant for me It's funny too, because I'll go for a walk and you see, I don't know if they do this in your neighborhood, but I guess some people, they put trash on this, on the side of their curb, their old furniture and stuff. And it's like, there's so many houses with all their like, I guess, shitty furniture. They just throw out on the side. They're getting rid of it. That was us last week. (laughs) Give me it away. My mom was like on like Kijiji's, like putting up the furniture up. (laughs) I mean, maybe now's a good time to buy furniture then. Yeah. The guy was like, we were like, we're giving away like, some dressers that my mom didn't want anymore. Uh-huh. Next thing you know, my mom's phone's blowing up with like people messaging <laughs> her about it. That's so funny. What is your silver lining in this pandemic? If you have one. I guess I'm reading a lot more often. Mm-hmm. Reading something that I don't know too much about. I'm just learning a lot more. Learning what, what I could potentially do with it. What I want to do with it when I get back in the lab. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. And hopefully you'll get back into the lab soon. I hope too. I hope so too. I think you will. I think, yeah, hopefully. Well, anyway, those are all my questions for you today. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Before you leave, I'm just going to ask you one more question. And I mean, you can answer it the best you can. I feel like I might know your answer already, but do you have any pieces of advice or tips for any of our listeners? Any quotes that you live by? Just I guess I've been talking about it throughout this podcast. I guess push yourself. Yeah. Um, it's been ingrained in my head by so many people, my coaches, parents, teachers, just get out of your comfort zone and do what you, you probably would never do. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks so much, Tristan. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I, I really enjoyed no this.